Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We give you our service today. Have your way today. We thank you. You're good to us. I'll sing this with us. I want to scream it out from every mountain top. Your goodness knows no bounds. Your goodness never stops. Your mercy follows me. Your kindness fills my life. Your love amazes me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me. Good to us, God. Well, nothing and no one comes. Nothing and no one comes anywhere close to you. The earth and oceans deep only reflect this truth. And in my darkest night, you shine as bright as day. Your love amazes me. And I sing because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me. Because you are good. And I dance because you are good. And I shout because you are good. You are good to me. And with the cry of praise, my heart will proclaim that you are good. That you are good. In the sun or rain, my life celebrates that you are good. That you are good. And with the cry of praise, my heart will proclaim that you are good, that you are good. And in the sun or rain, my life celebrates that you are good. Yes, you are. That you are good. And I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout because you are good you are good to me and I sing because you are good and I dance because you are good and I shout because you are good you are good to me yes you are Let's tell them this morning. You are good to me. And I sing. And I dance. And I shout. For you are good. You are good to me. Hallelujah.
Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for breakthrough today. We thank you for a sound mind today. And Father, we need to take authority over every distraction that may come and try to disrupt. Father, we just welcome your presence here today. Hallelujah. Bless your name today.
you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship everybody. Say, I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna worship you forever.
above every fear Like the sun shaping the shadow In my weakness your glory
Focus today, Father. We've come to worship you, Father. Oh, you're holy. You're holy, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify, glorify. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear the war should rise against me and this will I be confident one thing I have desired of the Lord 
that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. And I will sing, yea, I will even praise the Lord. And hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me and answer me. And when thou sayest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, I'm going to seek. And hide not thy face far from me. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not your servant away. In anger thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Are you hearing the word of the Lord today? Teach me thy way, O God, and lead me in plain path because of my enemies. And deliver me not over unto the will of my, of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Yesterday for many in our church was a day where the enemy came in like a flood. I got so many text messages. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. I don't know what's going on. The devil, I'm just being attacked on every side. And the only thing I can say is, yeah, I'll pray. I couldn't say anything. I didn't know what else to say. I was being attacked too. But Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And when you feel like all hell is breaking loose against you, you need to know that the Lord is your light and he is your salvation. Whom shall you fear? Whom shall you fear? And the Lord is the strength. When you feel weak and when you feel powerless, you've got to know that the Lord is my strength. And when your friends and family start talking mess on you, you got to know that even my enemies and my foes came at me. But the Lord is with me. The Lord is fighting my battles. The Lord loves me. He doesn't forsake me. Even when you think he doesn't see you or hear you, he's still with you. 
verse 4, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life just to behold the beauty and to inquire. And I love this, verse 5. His promise is this, for in the time of trouble, he's going to hide me. Doesn't mean I'm not going to go through something. Doesn't mean, it just means I'm going to be hidden in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. He's going to hide me, and he's going to set me upon a rock. So guys, I know you've been fighting hell. I know the devil's been after you, especially after last week's message. The Lord's, Lord is saying, TGP, adjust your focus. Don't let your eyes drop. Don't let your head drop. But look up. Look up. Look up. Keep your focus. I am among you. I am moving among you. Don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be doubtful. Don't be afraid. Verse 13 says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Key number one, wait on the Lord. Key number two, be of good courage. The promise is he's going to strengthen you. He's going to strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Don't get in a hurry. Stay focused. Apostle Nita, come share the word with the body that you shared with me yesterday. It fits perfectly right here. I was praying this week, and the Holy Spirit spoke, and he said, Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has torment. And so he says, Use the power of blessing by releasing my love, my perfect love over you. For the very purpose, so that you will keep the spirit of fear from attaching to your mind, attaching to your heart, to your emotions, attaching to your flesh. And as we do that, the enemy will not be able to curse us, will not be able to bring that fear that the world has, that the um, America is experiencing due to the pandemic. But we, the church, don't need to live with fear because we have the power. We have the power of the tongue to speak life, and you can speak that scripture, John, 1 John 4, 18. And another scripture I'd like to share with you is in Ephesians 4, 17. And uh, 17 and, uh, no, 16 and 17. It says... From him, the head, Christ. No, from him, the whole body, fitted and knitted together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love. 
by the proper working of each individual part. Therefore, I say this, testify in the Lord. You should no longer walk in the Gentile way, in the futility of their thoughts. So we're, when, you, when we bless ourselves and we start blessing our families, we bless um, our friends and our, even our enemy, that you are actually causing the fertility of the mind to flee and you're causing love to grow, to grow. So you're not helpless. You're not hopeless. You're, you're not um, defenseless. You have the weapon, the power of the love of God. That's what the Lord showed me, and I wanted to share that with the church. Good word. Come on. Amen. Just stand with me. We're going to do a song this morning. I know many of you know it. Can y'all stand with me, please? We're going to do this song this morning. I want you to worship with us. This is this is a song right that's for right now. And uh, we're going to sing this over you. The lyrics will be on the screen. Worship with this. Dancing 
presence till you come again. I'll just sing hallelujah till you come again. And I'll dance in your presence till you today we thank you for your love and your acceptance that we feel today 
Father, as we move forward today, we just thank you, Lord, that you're in control. We thank you for the word that's going to be delivered today. We thank it's going to take root in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Give your neighbor a high five and a hug if you want to. You can be seated for a moment. Hallelujah. He's the king of glory. Amen. Well, we're going to take up our offering um, at this time. So if you're going to, if you want to give, you can give by texting the word give to 936-261-8142. Thank you so much for giving. Again, text give to 936-261-8142. It'll be on the screen here in a moment. Those that are watching, you can do the same thing. Visit our website, tgp.church forward slash give. If you need an offering envelope, Brother Scott will give you one. Just raise your hand. And I will give you an offering envelope today if you need one. Thank you so much for your generosity and your attention to giving today. I want to say this. We're going to have video announcements in a moment. Before we do, I want to mention um, that we do have a bake sale today in the cafe. The proceeds will go to uh, our new Beaumont campus. And so if uh, you would like to participate in that, you can. Um, If you say, well, I'm on a diet and can't eat sweets, I want to make a donation. Hey, that's cool, too. Thank you so much. Uh, for you, yeah. There's no, there's no price that's set. It's all by donation. So, it is you know, whatever you want to do. Just be led of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We call ourselves a Holy Spirit Church, so might as well. Amen. <laughs> you can buy two cookies for a hundred bucks. How about that? <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> and our visitors are like, oh my God, why did I come to this church? All right. So, um, if this is your first time, thank you so much for being here today. We love that when our visitors come, and we hope that something is said or done that will encourage your heart, speak to your spirit today. Amen. If you need an offering envelope, you can raise your hand. And these here that Scott is passing out will be our uh, sermon uh, scripture notes for the sermon that's going to be coming here in a moment. Um, what other announcements am I missing? Am I missing anything, guys? No? Okay. Let's roll the video if we can, huh? Hey everybody, welcome to The Gathering Place. My name's Alexis and we are so glad that you're here. If this is your first time here at TGP, we want you to feel at home and know that this is a safe space. Thanks Alexis. Again, we're so happy to have you today, whether you're joining us uh, in person or online. Thank you so much for taking the effort to be a part of our worship experience. There's a lot of great activities coming up here at The Gathering Place and Alexis is gonna come here in a moment and give you those announcements. But before she does, I want to take a moment and invite you to grab a prayer card. Those are located at our information booth at the Orange Wall. And you'll just grab the prayer card, write down your prayer need, drop it in our communication box, and we would love to pray for you. We're going to put these prayer requests on the altar during our upcoming glory nights here at the Gathering Place, and we want to pray for you. If you're joining us online, you can do the same by clicking the button that says Request Prayer, and that'll go directly to Uh, our email now if you're watching on facebook if you'll just drop a comment we'll get it we'll put it on the altar for you all right well again uh, thanks so much for being here today god's got a word for you we're excited about it alexis back to you thanks john next sunday august 16th we're going to kick off our glory night services that'll be each night at 6 30 p.m and every day at noon one thing that we truly value here at tgp is community and the best way to get connected with our community is to get connected with our small groups 
we have provided a list of all of our small groups and information on the orange wall. Just a reminder that we do have our bake sale at the end of service today. That's going to be located in the cafe, so don't forget to stop by and pick you up some goodies. People that can help me with the video announcements, amen? Man, we're trying to reach those online and those, of course, that are here. So, um, I'm not understanding why this ain't working. Let me see. Y'all bear with me for a moment. working earlier. Bear with me. Just, Pastor Jacob's going to come here in a moment and um, and uh, share with us a message the Lord has given him. It's on HDMI 1. Right? So, And while we're trying to figure this out, um, again, like Alexa says, next Sunday begins our glory nights, and so we're 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 uh, really I'm really excited about it. We're gonna have a noon prayer each day, and for those of you that that are gonna of course be at work, um, we're gonna live stream that to our page, and so you can join us at lunchtime, um, and that'll be last about 30, 45 minutes, and so it'll be a great blessing to you. Um, I know you will. Um, uh, and so, like I said earlier, you know, thank the Lord that he hides us in this pavilion. <laughs> One thing after the other this weekend. Um, but again, Glory Nights is going to be a great time to um, come together. You know, we have to refocus. Like I preached last week about um, the problem with being out of focus. And uh, we have to focus. And um, and so we need to adjust our focus on what God is doing and not what, not what the enemy's doing. And so it's, it's hard it's hard to do that, amen? It's hard to do that because uh, pressure is so t- tight. Pressure is so rough and so hard, And but the Lord is with us, and um, he's always good to us, amen? Amen. It'll come up here in a moment. You have your handouts, up, uh, right? You have your scripture handouts? Okay. All right, well, yeah, I know, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Jake's going to share a word with you today. We're going to get this working. If it works, great. If not, we'll just move forward. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this service today. We thank you for this word. Lord, we know that you're going to speak through Jacob. Father, we thank you that he's anointed for this moment to bring forth the word today. Father, we receive it gladly today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, let's yeah. welcome Pastor Jacob as he comes to deliver today's word. 
Man, thank you, Jesus. It's good to be here. It's good just to share. Uh, I always say this every time I have a mic and share before people that, man, it is such an honor. It's such an honor just to present God's word to you guys. So I'm excited and I'm ready. You know, pastor's been talking about, and the Lord has been talking about refocusing ourselves. You know, this time of, uh, uh, of being locked away in our house, in our home, some of us have not been able to work as much. You know, it's been a season, a time of God refocusing us. Amen. Can you account of that? That God's been working on our hearts and saying, hey, I need you to refocus a little bit more. You see, because about God, the thing about God is that once we learn something about him, there's always more to learn and then more to learn and then more to learn. You can never get enough of him. Amen. You can say, God, I figured out your love, and he throws, shows you another facet of his love, and he just envelops you in his love, and then he shows you another facet of his love. It's never ending. That's what's so great about God, amen? So this season is a time of refocusing for us. Pastor was talking about, you know, last week just refocusing, and I'm going to continue that, that, that wording, that phrasing, and that same spirit to refocus us as a body of believers. I'm going to be talking about, if I was to put a title for my message, it would be, make sure I can do this right. Ooh, power is our portion. Power is our portion. Amen. All believers have the Holy Spirit in them, but not all are endued with power. That's right. I'm going there this morning. I'm going there this morning. All believers have the Holy Spirit. The moment that you accept Christ into your heart, or for those of you that have not, maybe those of you that are watching, you've never accepted him. But the moment that you say, Jesus, take my life, I need you. I cannot do this life without you. Come live inside of me. I know that you died on the cross and that you rose on the third day. Father, come and make your home in me. Live in me. I give you my life. From that moment forth, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. That's what he promised. It's the helper to come live in us. He's the helper to help us through changing from the old man to the new man. Help us. He helps us to be created into new creations. Amen. No longer looking exactly like we used to look in the past, but being created and turned into the new man. That when the people from the past see us, they see a totally different Jacob. Not swayed by the impulses of the flesh, but swayed by the impulses of the spirit. That's the way that we're called to live. Amen. You see, we must surrender all, everything to him. I'm reminded of the story of Reinhard Bonnke. I don't want to share the whole thing because it's really long. But many of you heard of whenever he shared about the man that said, come on, Jesus, you can come and live in my house. A lot of us accept him at that moment. We say, Jesus, come, come live in my house. And we give him that one room of the house. And then the enemy comes knocking on the door. We go to open the door. The enemy comes in and he just thrashes our life and throws everything out of disproportion. And then we come to Jesus the next morning, all beat up and bruised. And we're like, Jesus, what happened? I've accepted you into my house. Why are you letting the devil do this to me? He says, but son, you've only given me one room of the house. So the man's like, okay, well, let me, let me give you five. I guess I'm going to go ahead and tell the story. Let me go ahead and give you five. So the man gives Jesus five rooms. He's like, man, good. Gave him half of the house. And he goes, they go to sleep. Here comes Satan knocking again. Comes just busting through the door. The man can't stop him whatsoever. And he just tears him alive, beats him up and takes everything that he's earned in that day again. Jesus wakes up all in peace, all just, ah, oh, yeah, I'm good. Walks out, and he's like, Jesus, why didn't you take care of this? I'm, I'm, I'm beaten, I'm bruised, I'm hurt. And Jesus said, but son, you've only given me five rooms of the house. And he says, okay, I need the one room for myself and nine for you, Jesus. You basically have the house. 
So they go to sleep. The devil comes knocking again, and bam, he comes through. He beats him up, tears him up. This is now the, like the umpteenth time that this has happened. He's been beaten and bruised, and he says, but God, I've given my life to you. And Jesus says, but have you really? Have you given me everything? You see, I must have all ten rooms of the house. I must have the keys to the house. I must have the deed to the house. I must have the car that comes with it, the keys, everything, the dog, the doghouse, the pool, every bit of it. He wants your job. He wants every room of the house. He wants every bit and piece of us. And if we're not giving him every piece, then we're going to keep opening those doors to the enemy, and he's going to continue to beat us up and shake us up. And we're going to ask all the God, I believe in you. I know that you're there and you live in the house with me, but we've not given everything to him. You see, that's how the kingdom works. That's how he works. It's an all or nothing kingdom. We lived our life in the flesh all for ourselves, 100%. He wants every single part of us to live a life in the spirit. The Bible is written not from a place of us being babies on, on milk. It's written from a place that you've already been given power. Now, how do you walk in that power? Most of us Christians today go to church and we never receive that power. And we ask, God, why am I being so beat up in life? Why, why are the blessings not coming like you say they're supposed to be? And he's like, well, you've never even gotten to the first stage. You've never gotten to a place of intimacy with me, a place of intimacy with me, where the power runs through you consistently, constantly, not moment by moment, not these little phases of, God, you're moving good and great. I'm just so glad. And then you go through a phase, a valley, constantly. And you're like, God, well, I know I'm not doing good enough now. I'm not reading enough. I'm not praying enough. And the thing is, is it's not about you doing anything. It's about accepting the cross. Christ has done on the cross and accepting that and saying, God, live in me. That I die to you with you on the cross and I live just as you did in resurrection life. That's the life he's calling us to. I'm way off track. You see, the Holy Spirit is looking for those to rest upon. Guys, last night, I had all of these notes ready and good to go. <laughs> and we haven't even made it to the first clip, I'm telling you. These are all things that God led me to write down and to share with you this morning because this is specifically for you. So you see, the Holy Spirit is looking for those he can rest upon completely, wholly, every single room, every part of your life, every thought that you have. Every thought that you have, you turn it to God. Every attack that comes, God, this is happening for your good, to bring goodness to you. How can we turn this around for your goodness, God? You can flow through this. You can make it happen. I have cancer. God, you are the one that's called to heal cancer. God, I don't have enough money for my bills. God, you are my sustenance. And we begin to believe him in such a supernatural way that he has no other option but to move because we give all glory to him. When it comes through, it's him that does it alone. And we can say, God, that wasn't me because I know that I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have paid the bills because I didn't have the money to do it. I couldn't have healed this person of cancer because inside of myself, I am nothing. And that's where he needs us to be and stay, a humble heart. To say, God, I cannot do anything unless you do it through me. The only way that he can do things through us is through the power of the Holy Ghost. And power is our portion. This power I'm talking about is our portion. You see, we begin to carry something that brings breakthrough to this world. What's the answer for all of this uh, political turmoil? What's the answer for coronavirus? What's the answer for all the racial division that's going on in America right now? It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's Christ on us, the hope for the world around us. He's not just here to be in us, but he's here to be on us as well. That's what we're going to talk about and get into.
You see, when the Holy Spirit falls or when he comes, just as he did from the beginning in the book of Acts at Pentecost, he enlarges the heart of all the people to live in the spirit, to live in the spirit, to live in the spirit. When you live in something, when you live in a house, you go in and you're living in there. You don't walk back out. When you take a step back out, you're no longer living in the house. Talking about living in the spirit is staying in it consistently. Every moment of the day, every second of the day, being consumed with him. This is the life that we're called to. Not to give eight and a half rooms to him and then our last little bit while I'm doing my little prayer and devotion and whatever. No, he wants every second of the day. When the Holy Spirit comes, like I said, in Pentecost, in that same way, the Spirit comes to live in the people in such a way that there is new vision, there's new revelation, there's new equipping for service, there's new men and women created. We're called, we are new creations altogether, everything. The way we think, the way we move, the way we smell, the way we sound, every bit of it. The baptism of the Holy Spirit means a new creation after the order of the Spirit. We've been living for the order of the law, for the order of the world, that whenever the world says sickness, death, hatred, be scared, afraid, we go with it. Oh, my gosh. I can't walk around because I'm, I'm going to get sick. What am I going to do? I can't touch nothing because I'm going to be sick. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's living in fear. God has called, called us to live in such a way. No, don't walk around without your mask. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I got Jesus. I don't need that. No, we show honor to everybody else around us as well. We must show honor to everybody around us. We may have the power and we may have it, but we put that mask on so that we can get close to people and get into their hearts and say, I care enough for you that I'm doing this. But let me tell you something that I have. I have a power within me that can go and lay hands and Corona be gone and disperse. Why is it still here? Because the church hasn't stood up. It's the whole reason we've been given authority here on earth. Heaven on earth, the Bible says, to live in life and not in death. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for those who love him. Let me tell you something. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is for you, and from there, God wants to do amazing things in your life. You, you, may, you may have been saying, God, what have I been missing all of this time? Maybe someone even told you that you already have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, when you were younger, you had it. You got it because you, you have fruit in your life. You, you, you have fruit in your life. Those men came to Jesus and said, I baptize in your name. I rose people from the dead in your name. I cast out demons in your name. And Jesus said, I never knew you. And he turned away from them. What is that? What is that? They had a power denying. They had what they thought was a power, but it was really something they were denying the power thereof. How do you get that power? It comes from an intimate place with the Father. It's not just a formula that you do and you say, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm just going to keep being a holy man, and I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to try to apply it, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. It becomes I, I, I. And then when a miracle comes, you're like, look what I did. I'm so, I'm so submitted to him that he's using me in such a way. No, sir, you're far off. It's Father God, use me. Get me out of the way, God. I cannot live, not just do miracles. I can't do life without you. I keep messing up. I need you to live your life through me. I need you to live your life through me. 
You see, our minds must be operated by the Spirit, our desires under the control of the Spirit, and our plans directed and focused by the Spirit. We've got to refocus, church. Why are we not seeing manifestations of the Spirit everywhere that we go? Why are we not seeing it? Doesn't the Bible say that those that believe signs, wonders, and miracles shall follow? How many of you are seeing signs, wonders, and miracles daily? He's calling you to that. He's calling you to this. For this is the season, this is the time. For such a time as this, power is our portion. Power is our portion. You see, we are trees planted by rivers of living waters whose leaf never withers and brings forth fruit in every season. Every season. Every season. Not seasons of, I'm doing pretty good now, but this this season in in 18, it was, eh, I was pretty depressed and I didn't, blah, blah, blah. You know that even in depression, that even in a low spot that God can still use you? You still got to work some things out within you. God, you and him are working it out, but he can still use you to be the power, to be the vessel, to be that river, that river of living water for somebody else. We've got to get our minds right, church. Come on, we got to be mature in the faith. Therefore, if a tree is not producing fruit, it means it's immature, correct? But still, it's legitimate. Let me tell you this. You are a tree growing, and you may be immature right now, but you are legitimate. Don't let the enemy tell you any different. You may be saying, I've been in the ministry, and I don't have this X amount of fruit and this and that. I'm not moving in the way that I know that I need to be moving, but you are legitimate. But what is happening right now is that God is giving you an open door to say, look, you're legitimate. I still have a plan for you and a purpose. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. One of the most blessed things I see and the things that I desire the most is to see someone burn brighter in their later years than in their former years. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Because all that wisdom that they've been getting, it's been sitting in there. Just been growing up and growing up and filling up. And then the power comes. It's released in a mighty wave of his glory. Don't give up. You are legitimate. You may not be fully grown or you may have stagnated and you may be in a Paul status. But I'm here to tell you that tree is still legitimate, still legitimate the whole time. It's just immature. It's okay to say that you're immature. Because from that place, you're beginning to mature. Okay? But for those of us that can stay around and say, well, I got it. I know I know the Lord. I know the Spirit. I know the ways of the Lord. I know the Bible. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and God, you're just going to move. No, humbleness. We must stay in that place of humbleness. Say, God, once I learn this from you, I can learn more and learn more and learn more. We can grow. We can mature in the Lord. Like I said, the tree is always legitimate, just immature. I hear the Father say all of what I've said today, that that has been the main message through, through what I was writing last night, is that you are legitimate, that God the Father loves you, and he's going to use you and wants to use you in a powerful way. Now, because the tree is immature, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent, okay? Romans 8 is not crying out. Go back and read Romans 8, the whole chapter. It's about the life and the spirit, what I'm talking about. Romans 8 is not crying out for people who really, really love God, as we all do, but are terribly inconsistent. He wants people that are love, love, love God and consistent in the things of the kingdom, the basic needs of the kingdom. 
reading your word daily, getting in the spirit daily, praying to him daily, moment by moment, second by second. It's the way that he's called us to live. Not to live in inconsistency where we have these moments where we're living for him and we're, we're, we're growing in him and we're in our devotional life and I'm in the spirit and then we go three weeks without even going into the secret place. And he's, he's standing there like, what are you doing? I, I have so much for you. Come, I want to see you. I want to feel you. I want to touch you. He's an intimate God. He's a personal God. We must get planted by the streams of living waters so we can stop being so inconsistent with production, with fruit, of what the scripture says brings glory to God. Why do we bring the fruit? Why are our lives consisted of producing the fruit to bring glory to God? It's not for ourselves. It feels good. feels great to be used of the Lord, doesn't it? And he knows that. He designed it that way to use us, how it uplifts us. When we move in the power of the Holy Ghost, he uses us. It makes us feel good because we're doing the will of the Father. Revelations 22 talks about our leaves are for the healing of the nations. Okay? So remember, we're trees planted by rivers of living water who bring forth fruit in every season. Revelation 22 says that our leaves, those leaves, are for the healing of the nations. Remember that we are also mighty oaks of righteousness. See, it's us getting planted and rooted in full pursuit of full maturity that has everything to do with what happens in nations. Us getting rooted in this intimacy, getting rooted in God, the power is for me. Okay, God, I have the spirit within me. Now it's time for the spirit on me so I can go and move in power, God, and bring fruit for you, Father. Not for me, not to grow my ministry, not that my name gets out there and is in lights, but God, so that I can be a true son of God. Because the earth is crying out and groaning for the true manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Why does the Bible put it that, he's a, that we're sons and daughters? Because he's a loving father. That he's not a, a, a mean, mean God that says, you've messed up, I'm turning away. No, when we sin and we fall short, he comes close to us and says, it's okay. It's okay. You're just that much closer to being right where I need you to be. He never gives up on you. You are legitimate. If God can take my desert and make it bloom, he can do it in any of you. One of the most, okay, I already said that. I want to inspire you. I just want to inspire you today. I know that I may be going a little long, but I want to inspire you today to show you a way from the inconsistencies of life to the consistent production of fruit and those living waters from the power of the Holy Spirit. Power in the Holy Spirit is where it all comes from. How do we get that power? That power is our portion. I'm going to go through quickly. See if I can do this thing. Power is our portion. I want to go over a few key things on the basis of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, how he's moved, when he's moved, things like that. He's always been there, amen? Father, Son, Holy Ghost, been there from the beginning. Power in the Holy Ghost. So we have three progressive stages of revelation. My main point is not to tell you and to wig you out on all with all these dispensationalism and all these big words and stuff. I just want you to understand that God moves from this level to this level to this level. Okay? So keep that in mind. Throughout time, God has displayed the operation of the Holy Ghost in three successive stages of revelation. Like I said, let me remind you, a successive dispensation, these dispensations here are just moments. They're successive moments of God 
Now, let me remind you about the, these, these moments. They, are nev- they never pre- destroy the preceding one, but they always conserve its spirit and then broadens its scope. So it takes it and it broadens it, and that's what he wants to do in your life. He wants to take you. You've accepted him from that place of immaturity. You begin to grow in maturity, and he takes you to another stage and broadens your scope of horizon of what he wants to do and how he wants to do it, when, where, what, why, and take a hold of our life. Amen? Don't you want to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith? How many of you want to go? Come on. I want to go from glory to glory to faith to faith. So first, we have of the progressive stages of revelation, we have the patriarchal dispensation. What do you hear in that? You hear patriarch. What do you think of? You think of Abraham, okay? We see God appearing, God appearing to man at long intervals. Abraham, it was 20 and 40 years apart that God, that this God, that God's revelation to man came. He was God to Abraham. He was God to man. Secondly, the Mosaic dispensation. This was a deeper, clearer, and more pronounced manifestation of God. Remember, with Moses, they were out in the desert. They had uh, uh, the pillar of fire they followed at night and the cloud by day. It was a deeper revelation, not just God to man, but it was God with man, right there with them. A more pronounced manifestation. He was ever present in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. His visible presence abode in the Shekinah glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. This was God with man, not to man. That's God leading, God guiding, God directing, God forgiving, God sanctifying, God abiding with man. And thirdly, the Christian dispensation. That's where we're at now. We obtain a clear and more palatable revelation of God than in previous moments. God in man. For the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the actual incoming of that third person of the glorious Trinity to live in man. That's where we're at. So God began to show the people, even from the Bible, that I go from this, from this glory to the next glory. And it doesn't diminish the one before, but it only makes it greater, and this one's greater. And then the third one comes, and it doesn't destroy it. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, uh, it, it makes it greater. It makes it better. He's given his, us his spirit in this time for such a time as this. When the spirit comes to live in you, portion is our power. God wants a, wants a clean temple. Let me remind you that the spirit living in us, yes, we receive on the day of Pentecost. But from that moment, the spirit is given in you to cleanse you, to make you a clean temple. Okay? To move in holiness, to move in purity. God has been speaking to many of you to move in that purity, to go a, a next step further, to live in purity. Purity not, over, not only of your heart, but of your mind, of your soul, of your spirit. Amen? You see what happens is sin is severed. The old self-life is laid gladly and willingly in surrender on the altar of Christ. We have to and we must do this. Our old self-life is given to Jesus, and we now live life and life more abundant. But he must have a clean temple. He must have a clean temple. Ephesians 2.22 says, And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He's not just this being that comes around and he's all around you. He's here, come this way, go that way. No, he's a God that comes to live in you. He wants to make his home, his abode within you, to live in you, to flow in you and through you. Amen? But he must have a clean temple. Our holy God must have a holy dwelling place. Ephesians 
Ephesians 2.22. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the Holy of Holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. The power, power is our portion. Remember, he has every room in the house. He desires every room in the rooms of your life, not 10%, not 30, not 50, not 7, not 99.9%. He needs to have and wants to have desperately 100% of our life. We've got to give it all to him. I'm talking and pertaining to this power, walking in this power. How do we do it? We have to give everything to him. He's got to have a clean temple, guys. He's got to have it. In John 16, 7, it reads, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. Who is this talking? It's Jesus. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. It's been the plan from the beginning for his spirit to come live. Now, let me remind you, when Jesus said this, he already went to his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They had it. They had it living in, within them. Every one of you, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, that very same spirit lives in you. He's in you right now. That moment, just like the disciples, live in you. It's in you. So, so what is he talking about now? He's talking about the baptism. The power coming upon them. Bill Johnson says this. He says, the Holy Spirit lives in me for me. But he's on me for you. To go out to move in power, to read somebody's mail so that they can't say nothing but that God is real. To make a leg grow out that wasn't there before to say God is real. That's what the world needs now. He needs his people to be a clean temple. He needs us to be moving in power. We need him. We need him to live upon us. But he's not just going to just easily just give you something that is so precious. It's got to become precious to you, a life lived wholly and completely to him. How often do we just go out of a good heart and zealousness, yet with no results or no results that are lacking the power thereof? We must tarry for the power in the Holy Ghost while letting sanctification mature deep within us. We must tarry. We must wait. What did the apostles do? In the book of Acts, you can go back and read and you can you can hear the story. Jesus said, wait for the helper. They could have went out. Jesus already said, you have the spirit. They had a little bit of insight there. They knew right from wrong. They could have went out and said, Jesus, I saw him. He was here. He was alive. Man, they could have went on for years just talking about the stories that they talked about. Jesus walking through walls. It's powerful in itself. But Jesus said, wait for my spirit, my very spirit that I moved in, that I walked in will be years as well. We get so confused in the church and we think that God doesn't love us as much as he loves Jesus, as he loved Jesus, because Jesus is Jesus, and he's the, he, he's the son. The same love that, he, that the Father has for him, he has for us. The same desire that he has for Jesus, he has for us, to live in the fullness of the Spirit. Why did the, why did the Bible say it? For us just to take it out and say, well, maybe not the fullness, but a pretty good measure of it. The fullness of the Spirit is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I began to ask myself when the Lord laid this on my heart, God, am I? Am I baptized in the Holy Ghost? And I began to do this study. And I began to say, did somebody just say that I was? Or did you tell me that I was? Because if you get endued with this power, it'll be a moment in your life that you won't say, I think I am. Maybe I am. 
I mean, I'm seeing fruit in my life, so surely I'm baptized, right? I mean, no, God will move in your life, and you'll see miracle signs and wonders even without the endowment of power. But when you get the endowment, oh, man, it begins to exponentially increase. You go everywhere you go with the heart of God within you. You begin to have passion for the love for the love of God, the passion for the word of the Lord, passion for the kingdom. It's not of you. It's of him. Because I tell you, I wake up some days, and I don't feel like it. You know what I mean? I don't feel like it. I got to work myself up. I did it for years, working myself up until I learned about the power. The power that comes within us to live in us and through us. That is what guides us and leads us. You know that that word tarry and to wait in the Bible, when, he, when Jesus says to wait, it's a, it, out of the Greek and Hebrew translation, it means to entwine. He said, wait for me. Wait upon the Lord. Entwine yourself with me. Get close to me. Entwine your very life with me and wait for me. Just keep focusing on that. We've got to be focused on entwining our life with him. You see, Christ died. And we are also to die, right? A day of crucifixion for the Lord is also a day of crucifixion for the believer. We must not only be clean temples, but we must, how do we be clean? As we constantly die to ourselves die to our desires, die to our impulses, and start living to the impulses of the Spirit. Come on. We must, dying to sin is a real action. It's a genuine experience. We are buried with him by baptism and death, Romans 6, 4. We become partakers of the resurrection life of Jesus. So we die to this old self, die to this old man, old man, and we began to live with the same resurrection life that Christ had, when he bust out of the tomb, that same life that was in him is the very life he's calling for us, for it to be endued upon us to move in power, to move as he did. And Jesus said, we'll do even greater things than he, because he goes to the Father. Even greater things. Do we have the faith? Do we believe enough to believe that? I'm here, church, this morning to tell you that you can, you will, and you do. Because you are legitimate. You are legitimate. Don't let the enemy tell you that you've been doing X amount of years of being a Christian and I only have X amount of fruit to show for it. Crush that beneath your feet because it already has been by Jesus. Don't come in alignment with it. Just start right now. Right now, I'm going to live that fiery life that you've called me. But God, I can't do it. You're going to have to endue me with power. Endue me with power. You see, the Holy Spirit entering into us. I'm not even going through my notes. My gosh. Jesus. The promise is realized and given. Where's that at? The promise given and realized. Yes, Acts 114. Now, let me remind you, what were they doing when they received this baptism of the Holy Spirit? They were, in Acts 1, 14, 14, all of them were united in prayer, gripped with one passion, interceding day and night. Jesus told them to wait. So they came together in one spirit, in unity with one another. How often are we seeking the unity of the brethren? How often are we just coming into church? Hey, how you doing? All right, I love you, good. And then we go home. Don't think one thought about them. They post something on Facebook, praying for you, man. But are you really are you really going, in, going into the secret place and saying, Father God, give me their heart for this situation and show me how to pray for them? Because that's Jesus' heart for us, interceding for us. And we're called to live the life of Christ in us. 
the hope of glory. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. It's him living in us. It's him living in us. You see the Holy Spirit entering into us, taking possession of our personality, living in us, moving us, controlling us, and lifting us into heavenly experiences in Christ. Jesus is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do. Through which we become participators in this ascended life in Christ in glory. You see, the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a personal thing because he's a personal Holy Spirit as well. He's a personal God. He's a personal Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost is not only just for like a moment, but his reception into the heart is to be personal, a conscious experience of every Christian who has sought the endowment of power from on high. I would say this, that from this moment, you need to make a decision. God, either I have the Spirit upon me or I need it. That's what this message should bring to light within your heart. Either I have it and I'm moving, I'm going, or I've had it before and God, I need a refreshing I need another baptism of your power or I don't have it, but God, I want it. Give it to me, God, so I can do this life the way you want me to. Because God, doing it in my desires and my unction, I fail every time. I need you to do it through me. He's very personal. We have a personal God. It's not a formula, like I said earlier, to be applied, but it's a personal journey with Jesus. Let me give you some quick examples of, of the power of the Holy Spirit. Just to remind you, the Apostle Paul was somebody that, that, that persecuted the Christians, persecuted what we're doing right now. He would be the one that is totally against every bit of this, every part of it. He went killing Christians, and they willingly gave their life up saying, yes, I believe in Jesus and him dying on the cross. Him, out of all people, having experience on the road to Damascus, baptism of the Holy Ghost, so much so that he saw Jesus, nobody else did, just him, saw Jesus and was blinded. Later on, the scales fell off, and from then he went on preaching in the power of the Holy Ghost. Many miracles from then on. Half, most of the uh, uh, New Testament written. Acts nine seventeen through twenty two. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, Acts nine. Let's go back. It's my first time working with this thing. Love it though. Acts 9, 17 through 22, they laid hands and scales fell off of him as well as he was filled to overflowing. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled to overflowing. Damon Thompson puts it this way. He went to, he went to a, a gas station on his way to, to a meeting and he got some Gator, some Powerade. He liked to take the Powerade and he liked to put it in, a, in another bottle. And he poured it in there and he poured it to the top. And then the Lord said, how do you know that that's full? He said, well, I fill it up, fill it up to the brim. Okay, and he says, well, can, and God says, well, can you not place another drop in there? And he said, well, yeah, I guess you could, maybe one or two. He says, well, then how then can you know that it's full? So Damon, with his analytical thinking, he said, well, actually, not until it's overflowing completely. Well, my natural eyes know for sure, for sure that it's overflowing. And he says, what happens when it overflows? He says, it makes a mess everywhere. So let me tell you something about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When he comes upon you, He's going to fill you up into overflowing, and sometimes it's going to make a mess everywhere you go. You're going to make a mess of the dominion of the, of the kingdom of darkness. You're going to make a mess of it. You're going to break hell's gates open for a living. That's what we're called to do. 
Jesus came here to destroy hell, and so are we. How much hell are we destroying throughout the week? Huh? I'm not here to say, bad, you're so bad, you're not doing nothing. I'm here to encourage you and say that God has given an invitation to live that life right now for such a time as this. This is the season. This is the time. Give you another example of a Dutch Christian that I, I, I read about in one of, uh, one of my old books. He said this, I've been a preacher of the gospel for years up to the time that I commenced to attend a powerful meeting where I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'd never been able to lay my hand definitively upon anyone that I really was sure had been converted and saved under my ministry. But since I found Jesus as my sanctifier, as my sanctifier and since receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I've entered into such a nearness with God that now my ministry is all changed. At almost every meeting, persons are either saved, sanctified, or baptized with the Holy Ghost. This man went from, he was preaching the gospel. He was living a life holy, trying to live away a for the Lord. And then he got this revelation that, wait, I need a baptism of the power. And when he received that, his ministry totally changed. His, not just his ministry, his life changed. And from his life, his ministry changed. A natural secondary consequence of a life lived connected to Jesus is the power not only flowing through you, but he wants it on you for everyone around. As much turmoil and darkness we see in the media, I'm here to tell you, church, that there is a remnant of God's children who are baptized in power. It is not confined to any group or church or sect. The baptism is coming upon every hungry soul and every seeking face. All those who are seeking God for a real and definite work of grace in their inner man, their souls, receiving from him, the baptism of spirit and fire. Why do you think that I get so excited sometimes when, when you hear people get excited when they're preaching the gospel? It's that fire, man. It's that fire that lights them up and gives them power to present the word in power and in fire. We need that. We need that. The Bible teaches us that these signs shall follow. I said this earlier, them that believe. Where are the signs following us? We must have the power, church. I'm only saying that maybe we're only in an immature state. It doesn't disqualify you. You've been stagnant, but that's okay. God's here to say today, I'm going to release my power to you if you receive, and you're never going to be the same again. We must pray for a mighty outpouring of a spirit upon this land to come now and wipe out the tide of sin and iniquity and replace it with his, his righteousness and his dominion of the kingdom. His bride must be endued with power to bring this forth. He told the disciples to wait upon the helper, wait upon the power. What are some prerequisites? Oh, I skipped some. I could give you an example of John G. Lakes, but I'm going to pass that up. It's a man. Just an awesome story of when he got the endowment of power. But we're going to skip that for the sake of time. Prerequisites for attaining the baptism, we've got to thirst for him. We've got to be hungry for him. And we've got to be aware of him. Now, I'm not breaking this down theologically. I'm not breaking it down. I'm just saying for my life, this is how we get the power. We have to be thirsty. We've got to be hungry, and we've got to be aware of him more. You may say, Jake, well, I try. Like, I'm, honestly, I'm just not hungry. 
I'm not thirsty like I know I need to be because you need the power. The power will give you the passion. The power will create in you. You become a new creation. You will have desires and impulses of the spirit no longer swayed by the flesh. He wants to give you an unquenchable thirst for God. You see, we are trees planted by rivers of living water that bring forth fruit in every season. That is our portion. We must hunger for his presence, hunger for his face, and hunger for more of him. If you are not hungering for those things, it's time to rearrange. It's time to refocus. Seeking a deeper level of intimacy with him. You see, this is a sensitive time in the spirit. An awareness of him and an awareness of his presence will give you courage to step out in faith more radically than before. But you can only have this in a great measure if you have the power. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. John 7, 37 and 39. He said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of your innermost being. Not out of your giftings. Not out of these things on the outside that are just on the, just close to the world. But those things on the inner man changing. The inner man becoming a burning flame for the intimacy of Jesus. Getting locked away in the secret place every day, every moment. That your heart yearns when you can't get in the secret place. You can say, I just, I just have to. I got to get in there with him. I've got to spend time with Jesus. Because he is life. And he is life more abundant. So Jesus' idea of walking on earth will be like rivers of living water flowing through and from us. He wants our salvation to be like a river, like a river flowing from us. Power is our portion. Power is our portion. So many Christians know about the power, but they stop there and say, that's not for me. They may not say it out loud, but in the way that they live, they say, that's not for me. I have enough. They're unaware of this next level impartment that he wants to give to us that the church absolutely needs and God is crying out I need my bride to mature I need you to get closer to learn more about me it's not so much about the power I want you to get to know me in a real way the power is just a secondary consequence of being with me we don't focus on the power we focus on our love for him we focus on that intimacy with Jesus power just naturally comes from that The baptism just naturally comes from that. Let's stop looking through the glass dimly and refocus on God's true nature. We ought to be so full of the manifestation of the power of God that in the name of Jesus, we can absolutely destroy the power of Satan. Come on. We are the bride of Christ. We are his hands and we are his feet. God will do this for any one of us who will yield to him. We must be yielded. We must be yielded. Rivers of living water that I didn't go to. Hallelujah. I want to end here, guys, and tell you that power is your portion. I've given you some prerequisites needed. You've got a hunger. You've got a thirst. You've got to be aware. 
We've got to be more aware. We've got to place Christ at the, at the center of our mind, that every decision that we make, we're thinking, God, is this you? Is this what you want me to do? Every decision, all the way down to what you pick and the Wendy's drive through line. Amen? Come on. God, hey, I'm being for real. God will give you, will, 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 will take honor in that. God, what do you really want me to eat? I want you to get the salad. Oh, why did I ask you that? Jesus, I'm going home. He wants us to be healthy, amen? All power and authority has been given unto me, Jesus said. Now go in my name. What does that mean? That means he makes us one with him. Going in his name, we step into him, and we move just as he moved. One day we will stand before God, and we will answer for our life. I know when I get to God, I want to go to him and say, look what all I've done for you, and laid at his feet. I don't want to just go in and it'll be great. I don't want to say, God, I did this for you, for your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have to be hardcore about this thing, guys, and be a diligent, good soldier and endure hardship. God wants to flow through our hands. Remember I said this earlier, God in us the hope of glory, God on us the hope for humanity. We are the expression of him. God will come into our temple and he will quicken it so I can become an instrument of the Lord. We must be quickened by him. We're saying, Jake, I don't have, Pastor Jake, I don't have that unction like you. I don't have that desire like you. Then ask him for it. That's all he's waiting for. And he'll quicken your temple, quicken our mortal bodies. Jesus. Heaven will come inside of you and change you from the inside out so we can start living like Jesus. Power, love, and a sound mind are all generated from the secret place. Power, love, and a sound mind are all generated from the secret place. We must get in the secret place. Why? That is the only place that we can generate that intimate love with him. And from that, everything else is a, ne- ne- is a secondary consequence of living with him. The power flows from there. He'll endue you with power. The Bible says, Ask and you shall receive. He wasn't talking about things. He was talking about himself. Ask for more of me and I shall give it to you. That's what he's talking about. If we have not been growing in these areas, there's no or only very small fruit, then there's something missing. We are not seeing clearly yet his will for our lives. Are we lights with baskets on our heads? We have the light of the world living inside of us. And if there's no light being shed abroad from your life, then there's a basket on your head. Let's prepare our hearts to receive this portion of power, church. Let's get out of the way of thinking. Let's get out of these boxes that Pastor's been talking about, that God's will gets done no matter what, and and I'll just be a part of it, and he'll figure out how to do it. and, and, And no, we must be functioning as light bearers set on a hill. Where everywhere we go, Jesus' light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. It cannot. It literally means that it cannot comprehend it. The darkness cannot comprehend the light that we bring. So when it sees it, it's like, what? Oh. It gets out of the way, and light comes in. How do we bring that light, church? By an endowment of the power. You've been living a life saying, I know who God is, but he wants to know you. You know, the Bible, in that same very story, and I'll end on this, that same story that I said earlier, how the people came up to Jesus, and they said, Lord, 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 I baptize in your name, cast out demons in your name, healed the sick in your name. Jesus' name is very powerful. 
He's, it's very powerful. And Jesus said, I never knew you. That word knew in the Greek and Hebrew translation is the word new between it, it, it's an intimacy. It means I never knew you intimately like a husband and a wife intimately know one another. That's what that means right there. He says, I never not just know about you. Oh, you're doing things for the kingdom. That's good. You get to go to heaven. No, I never had a personal one-on-one relationship with you where every single day, I don't go a day that I don't talk to Tana. She's my wife. There's not a day that I do not talk to Tana. And it's probably not in hour that I don't go without saying, sup. Every moment, every day, every second, he wants us living in that intimate place with him. But we first must cultivate that intimate place. Jacob, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to get in the secret place. I get in there and I fall asleep. It's okay. Fall asleep. Daddy God would rather you fall asleep in his lap than falling asleep watching TV. Come on. He just wants to spend Not a little time with you. He wants all the time with you. He wants you to get away every second of the day that you can. For those of you watching, are we still live? Oh, I I went too long. We're still live. So I want to tell you guys that are watching, he wants every second, every moment of the day, like I've been saying. He's calling you to a deeper place, an intimate place with him, an intimate place with him. We must get our focus back, church. We must get our focus back, church. So I want to say this morning, if you would, please stand with me. Jesus, Jesus. Jeff, you can turn up the music a little bit. Let me just mention this before he prays. Um, This is not about speaking in tongues. Okay, I'm just going to let... I'm going to go ahead and address that sacred cow. This is not about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is about, that's between you and the Heavenly Father. I'm not interested if you speak in tongues or not. I don't, I don't care. Um, this is about a relationship with your Heavenly Father and doing the works He did and moving into greater works. Okay, so get the speaking in tongues thing out of your mind right now. Okay, we're not talking about that. It's a weapon, and it's a gift that he wants to give you, but that's not what Pastor Jacob is talking about today. He's talking about an intimate relationship with God. Okay, just wanted to clear the air. You notice I didn't even mention tongues one time while I was talking about this. It's a secondary consequence, secondary fruit of the Lord. You can hear it all throughout the world. People talk about it. Tongues is the evidence. Let me tell you what, when I see somebody's life from an old man to a new man, that's evidence to me. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. But I'm going to begin to pray. But even before that, if you feel led, you come up to this altar and you say, God, I want this power. Then come up now. We're going to pray with you. God's going to be here. He's going to encounter you. He wants to give you the power to say, I want to live that life, God, that you've called me to live. Maybe you already have that power. You can always have more. Come on, let's get more of him. If you want more of him, come up to the front. Come up to the front. Those of you watching, if you want more of him, if you want to be endued with that power to live a life, to live a life, not of the old way, but of the new way, life of the spirit, it's as simply as opening up your heart and say, God, I need you to do it in me because I'm tired of doing it myself. I need you to move through me and do me with power, God. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, 
That's the first step. You may say, this power looks great and this power looks awesome. I want to move in it. Before you can do that, you must accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to rededicate. It's as simply as saying, Father God, I love you. Forgive me of my sins. Come and live in my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again. Now put that power in me and then on me, Father. Simple as that. But for those of you that are up here, we're just we're going to let play some music. And we're going to pray just real quickly. Just going to go through me and Pastor John, the leaders of the church. If you can come up, we're going to pray for these people just to and be endued with the power. To be given an extra measure, amen. An extra measure with him. I'm going to pray real quick for those watching and everything, and then we'll, we'll get into ministry. But, Father God, we just thank you for this time. God, let this be a word. Let this be a pivotal moment within our souls and within our spirits, God, to egg us on, God, to, to push us further, God, in you, to go deeper into an intimate relationship with you, Jesus. Show us the way, Father. We love you, Lord, and, God, we ask that you seal it with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.